Okay, our chapter for today is Romans 13. Uh, in this chapter, if you've read it, you know this. Paul reflects on the role and purpose of secular governments and the way in which they come to power. In the latter half of the chapter, Paul reflects on the nature of love and how love fulfills uh, all of the law of God. It's a, it's a chapter well worth uh, careful attention. And I just wanted to today just consider one major point from this chapter. Uh, it may not take us long to do so, but it's worth thinking about. Just one point, and that has to do uh, with how Paul views the governing authorities over us and how they came to be in that position. And maybe that's one of the, at least to me, it's one of the most interesting aspects of the chapter. Paul begins with the exhortation in verse 1 to be subject to the governing authorities. Why? Because all governments and rulers that exist, according to verse 1, have been instituted by God. And if that's true, then Paul's conclusion is also true that to resist uh, or disobey them is to, to resist or disobey what God has appointed According to verse 2, those are pretty strong words. Some people may read things like that and bristle at it because they have strong disagreements, often strong moral disagreements with their government and can't imagine how immoral governments can possibly be the will and work of God. If, if that's a thought that has uh, crossed your mind, as it has crossed my mind from time to time, keep in mind that when Paul wrote these words, who was ruler over him? Nero. <laughs> the Roman emperor Nero was ruler, one of the most infamous of all Roman emperors. He was Caesar as Paul wrote these words in Romans 13. Nero did unspeakably cruel things things during his reign things that i do not want in this short amount of time pod, uh, podcast to to recount in, in 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 that setting under that very uh evil rule paul acknowledged that nero was in power because of the will and ordination of god this is only to acknowledge what the prophet daniel had said in the old testament Daniel said in, Ro in, at Romans, in Daniel 2, 20 and 21, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. But what, what purpose could God, and, and r remind you this, that when Daniel wrote those words, who was his king? Nebuchadnezzar evil king but what purpose could god have for raising up evil kings and immoral rulers and governments many purposes it could be this way or his way of executing judgment on a people it could be his way of executing his judgment on a proud ruler that is allowing him to continue in his own proud and stubborn way and exacerbate his own guilt before God. It could be to allow 
the light of the gospel to shine that much brighter in the midst of a dark and sinful culture and against a backdrop of an evil government. Recall that the book of Acts said that it was in and through persecution from the government by which the gospel spread abroad. God doesn't exist for our comfort and ease, but for his own glory and our good. And our good doesn't always come through comfort and ease. And God is perfectly capable and just to glorify himself by growing his church despite the most ardent opposition from an immoral government. But it does raise a question. If whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, what if those authorities command us to do something that violates the law of God or forbid us from doing something that the law of God obligates us to do? What are we to do then? Well, the Bible is very clear that obedience to the law of God in Scripture takes precedence and priority over any law of man. Where do we learn this? One of the clearest examples is from passages that we already read back in the book of Acts. Do you remember when Peter and John were arrested in Acts 4 for preaching and bearing witness to Christ, the very thing that Jesus himself had commanded all of us to do in Matthew 28 and Acts 1.8? Well, the authorities, contrary to the law of God, commanded them no longer to preach about Jesus or teach about him. But Peter very forthrightly says in Acts 5, 21, 29, we must obey God rather than men. This means that whenever the law of man doesn't require us to, to whenever, I'll state this more clearly, whenever the law of man doesn't, does not require us to violate the law of God, we must be eager and ready to obey our earthly authorities. It also means that we should offer respect to them, not merely if they earn it by standing for or doing things that we uh, agree with, but simply in view of the fact that they occupy a position that God himself has seen fit to bestow upon them. Paul would later urge Timothy in 1 Timothy 2 that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. We should respect our leaders and pray for them, even if we disagree with them, perhaps especially if we disagree with them. It is improper for the Christian to disparage those in authority over us. It is certainly pro proper to know where and how we may differ from them, and it is proper to point those disagreements out, but it should always be respectful uh, out of honor to the Lord. These are, I feel, needed words in our day and time, no matter who is in office. Those are just a few thoughts from Romans chapter 13.